Welcome to The Coat Hanger on 2SER 107.3. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which we broadcast and record this show, the Gadigal of the Eora Nation, and we pay our respects to elders past and present. The Coat Hanger is a show on podcast where we tackle women's footy with a Sydney view. I'm your host, Fiona Lamb, and I'm coming to you again from the lower north shore of Sydney, which is Camaragal land. I'm Coach Kiwi, and I'm coming to you from Darug country, which is in the Hawkesbury region. I'm Lauren Hodson, and I'm coming to you from the Southern Shire, which is in Darawal country. In this week's show, our Round 10 pod for AFLW Season 7, we will do game reviews for Round 10. Uh, we are going to talk tribunal bans and reprimands. And we're going to talk finals footy and the so-called home ground advantage. But first, the winner of the tipping comp, over to you, Coach Kiwi. Let's hear it. Okie dokie. So how exciting was round 10? Had a little bit of a uh, shuffle at the top of the ladder. There were a bunch of people who... um, Broke in with nine out of nine tips for the last round, but none of them were able to knock our uh, top talent off. So um, I'll give you some highlights. Please. Some highlights. Um, former panellist, Tracy Kick, finished in eighth place. So um, I think the last couple Kicker. of weeks. Yeah, Kicker's, Kicker's just jumped. Kicker has kicked on kicked again. <laughs> Up the rankings, um, MG, former former tipping winner in 10th place. Um, and then we scroll down a little bit and we can, you know, skip skip through the teams. And uh, super coach here, 23rd place, which is my number, <laughs> funnily enough. Oh, um, but to me, it feels like a win because... Natty P got 28th. Shout out to Natty P Morgan. <laughs> if if I beat Natty, <laughs> feels like I've won the comp. Um, Natty's also a former winner of the pod. Tracy, Tracy from um, is it Darrell Country? Tracy's partner, Stacy, sorry, got uh, 29th, so she's in there. Tiffany C, Newtown Breakaways, another former winner of the show. 30th spot. What happened this year, Tiff? Former panellist, yeah. I mean, we're all Tiffany. winners. We're no, all Tiffany winners. Tiffany won the tipping comp. Did I think she? a few years back. Yeah. It was oh, her and Nat and MG. I don't know. But she did get nine out of nine for the last round. Just not enough to jump all the way up. Um, Emma, former panellist, 33rd spot. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling down. Keep scrolling yeah, down. Radio. We get the 46th <laughs> spot. We find Fee Lambkins here. Thank you very much. Keep on scrolling down. Keep on scrolling down. That's right. It's a big, long screen. Don't you worry, Loz. We find you in here at 64th spot. <laughs> not last. And it's not last. It's definitely not last. Katie Dunn, you're at 70th. Code Hanger is 71, who we don't put tips in for the Code Hanger. No, so Katie Dunn, no in. excuse. <laughs> uh, Lisa Petherbridge up in Brizzy, 67th. But, yes, Loz, 64th spot, Loz. Look, it's not last, but I can tell you, your mum got 50, uh, 53rd. <laughs> that might hurt. <laughs> I'm having a rebuilding year. I'm a <laughs> the ladder. 
<laughs> I'm going to bottom out and, you know, sore shoulders because I'm holding everyone else up. <laughs> oh, excellent. All right, so our top three. We have Sam B, who's an Adelaide Crows fan and no doubt will still be cheering on the rest of the season and potentially they can still make finals, Crows. So well done, Sam B, in third spot. Second spot, Tim M, whose codename is Red Stripe. And even though it's Red Stripe, he's actually got a Swans um, logo. Or was it Swans Gurney as his little icon there? So Tim Tim seems a bit confused. Tim, <laughs> red stripe. Well, maybe he's gone back to the red stripe, the original one. Remember, it was a white Guernsey with a red stripe. Mm. So South Melbourne days. Oh, I'm um, thinking sash, but yeah, no. Well, yeah, no sash. It's a red sash, wasn't it? Really? You're thinking bombers with the red slash black. I am. South Melbourne were um, red slash oh, okay. with I white background. They just had a V thing. There you go. Was it a V? Maybe even before that. Anyway, Tim, well done. Second spot. And now this one, I've mentioned this name a few times this year. And also commiserations because she's another Swans fan. Is Jess Rook. Jess so Rook. Jess Rookie, whose um, codename is Rookie, is uh, with a Y, is won, won it on 76 points. So 76, 75, 73 were – how close is that for our top three? So um, flick us an email, Jess and Tim and Sam, and we will flick you some prizes. Congratulations. Um, so, yes, yeah, so highly commenders. Um, we will say Troy Thompson, you got fourth there. And oh, Troy. Claire, who Thompson. We, we call Pants from um, our uh, Masters team. She was fourth equal with Troy. And then Donnie Hess, shout out to him, Donnie Hess in oh, America, in 71, same points as Tracy Kick. So, Good on you, Donnie. Some good finishes, but yes, congratulations to Jess. Hey, it's Elise Parker here, and you're listening to The Coat Hanger. All right, let's move on to game reviews for round 10. Now, the first thing that we have to say, of course, is, uh, look, Henson Park attendance. Uh, Go on. Was it a sellout? Was it a lockout? Was it a lockout? Look, the crowd number was 8,972. <laughs> Whoa, what a way to finish the season. But to have 8,972 people along well, for your 50th birthday is something impressive. Oh, sorry, 50th game. Sorry, Cora. Such a consistent crowd. At so it was, really well, look, their... I reckon it was the last game I reckon security stopped the 8,973rd person coming in. No, stop, that's it. Last game of the home and away season, I think people just just said that's it. We we we're going. We're and going sunny, to Henson Park. Sunny day, beautiful day, great field to watch a game of footy. Obviously, it's yeah. not a great field to get changed in the change room because there's a cockroach. No, but cockroach. to watch the game, that is, I think it's actually one of the better competitions or one of the better fields in the competition. That's not in a big stadium. Like I, I, I quite like that feel. I must admit, seeing it on screen, it looks a bit patchy, and I felt a bit embarrassed. But then when we when we went on the field to when you see it up close, it looks fine. And being on the field, it's it's got that carpet feel to it. It actually is well tended. So um, shout out to the uh, game, so the groundkeeper. All you interstaters, get along to Henson next year. It's a treat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yes, as you said, it was Cora's 50th game, not 50th oh, birthday. Sorry, happy, I mean, Bridstack, happy match. Bridstack, we feel like we've we've 
um, taken on board some of your sledging and uh, <laughs> so it's coming out accidentally. We've been possessed by the by the Bridstack sledge. Um, Cora had a good game. She kicked the first she, goal. She kicked the first goal and she was competitive throughout as if she wanted to kick five. Yep. Like, you know, Love she to didn't see stop it. at one. And, and they were good. What a way to finish the season. Yep. Now, look, Giants, can I just say, every single time that you reach the end of the season and you're not going to make finals, you I should have actually checked this to make this statistically accurate, but um, I swear to God, every single time you have a rip cracker of a game and you say, we just want to play our own brand of footy on this, you know, we, we want to really... <laughs> And, they, and you do, and you rock us. Can you just do that consistently for one season? I'd love you. I'd love you forever. You know, I think I think that's probably all they're going to look at for this season because I don't think it's a massive personnel change. I think they've got some really good young players. And if you look at like um, Mowbray, Evans, Garnet, yep. Garnet, they might call a name, Parker, like they've got really good youngsters who are also local kids. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's a good point. Parker's still quite young. She's yep. just a um, rock star. Throw in uh, look, look, but, but George Garnett, uh, look, I've got some notes, George Garnett. Can you work on your celebrations a bit, please? <laughs> the first oh, one was a bit bland. Just a little bit happier than <laughs> you managed to catch the bus on time or something. <laughs> just give us a little bit more of a grin. Like you got <laughs> the best chicken at KFC this week. Celebrate that. <laughs> Uh, but another um, new player, young player, Tess Cattle. It was Tess Cattle's debut. And can I just, I just want to put my hand up and reach out the hand of friendship to Tess Cattle because if she's anything like me, <laughs> she had a hell of a time at school with a last name like Lamb, a last name like Cattle. Oh, God, I hope she doesn't come from the country, does she? And you both could be farmers. She, <laughs> she, she always come from Canberra. Oh, okay. Went to farm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, she's made so, an impact. She's made an impact. Go ahead, go ahead. She, she has made an impact. impact I think she? it's a four hundred dollar impact. <laughs> so uh, we will get to that later. Um, and then Tanya Hetherington. Oh my God, I'm so glad that they didn't play that footage until after the game. It was, actually wasn't. It was sneakily mentioned at halftime. I think. Oh, we've got Cora playing her fiftieth, and we've got one player playing their last game. Um, and then they showed the footage at the end and Tanya started telling everybody it was her last game and she started to cry and it was, oh, God. Anyway, she managed to collect herself, which was really nice because she got the opportunity to pay tribute to the entire team and uh, how much she loves the club. And uh, it, she's she's a very articulate uh, person, is our Tanya Hetherington, and we do hope to see more of her around the club. Hey. Is she the last of the original season players at Giants? I don't think she was an original. I think she came at the end of the second season. Uh, sorry, at the end of the first season, didn't she? Oh, did I'm she? I'm sure her first I, – I have a feeling her first season was from another club because she's originally a, a Diamond Creek girl from the, um, you know, the old uh, VWFL. No, yeah. she, she did actually say she's a one-club yeah. gal. Yeah, but that oh, might I, mean she I, didn't get drafted the first year. 
Yeah, maybe no, yeah, number seventeen in the twenty seventeen draft. Yeah, yeah. I was pretty sure she came for the Giants at the end of that, but um, forty six games. She's four short of what Cora is now. But uh, I think a lot of people thought that Cora would be announcing her retirement as well. I mean, who knows? Like she hasn't said whether she is going to go on next season. But um, but no, yeah, I she's think... certainly. But did she also say something about she wanted to finish the season, then go home and then see how things were and then make a decision? But it's like, well, then if that was your last game, no one got to carry off. <laughs> well, I also don't yeah. see that that's a big deal to Cora. I think she's just a pretty, you know, low-key kind of, my job's done on the field, I don't have to yeah. celebrate big kind of. Yeah, she doesn't like much of a fuss. Having said that, look, Ground announcers and not ground announcers, um, interviewers, commentators, just commentators. Have a look around, have a look around, and just see if there's anything else going on the field that the players you're interviewing <laughs> might like to be part of. So, I can't remember the name of this interviewer, but she, she, um, she had Breed Stack and Cora Staunton on the side chit chatting about how, how great it was that it was Cora's 50th game, and they missed out on the guard of honor. Both teams lined up for Tanya Hetherington to be carried off. Come on, do better. Um, do better. I also want to just correct the commentators because they called Cora one of the greatest female Gaelic footballers. Yep. Just want to correct that. She's actually one of the greatest Gaelic footballers. Take gender out of it. She is actually one of the greatest in Ireland and male or females will turn up here and I've seen them, I've got friends who've gone to games to see her here in Sydney playing for the Giants just to see Cora up close because she is yep. such a legend and they've even said, we don't care if she's playing this other strange Australian game, we just want to see our amazing athlete from Ireland playing sport up close. And, that, and that's something Brid stack touched on in between sledges and you know having a laugh <laughs> is that she is a legend back home yeah like and you've mentioned then like we probably don't quite understand out here what she has done back in ireland and and how good she how good she still is um yeah so it's yeah look i, I guess we'll find out soon enough whether she's going to keep playing i saw a comment by georgina hibbard on twitter saying that her Irish friends can't believe that she's met Cora. She's like, yeah, yeah, oh yeah, 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 Cora and me, yeah, I've met Cora. Chatted yeah, to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's a huge and big they're like, deal. What? We can't get near her. <laughs> It'd be like I don't know the Roger Federer of tennis. Mm. Cora is, you know, the Cora Staunton the Serena, of Gaelic. The Serena or the Billy Billy Jean yeah. King, maybe. Okay, let's move on. We're going to talk tribunal bans and reprimands. So we mentioned Tess Cattle had an impact in the first, I beg your pardon. We had some other games. Oh, whoops. The other team from Sydney. I know, I know you're a Sydney Swans fan, Fee, and perhaps you might be hurting a little bit about the result, but let's talk about them. Result aside, scoreboard aside, Swans put up a fight and, you know, rough way to end the season, but they will get to now commiserate the end of the season with the men because they went out the same way, smashed by Geelong. <laughs> That's right, they've got something in common. And, look, they, they did have some positives, Cynthia Hamilton. 
got a rising star nomination from the game. You know, yep. so it's not all it's it's not all uh, not all negative. And they've got some good youngsters. They had look, they had dashes of brilliance throughout the year. They just couldn't maintain it for a whole quarter or a whole game yeah. to really put some pressure on. You know, they came close to beating Essendon and, you know, perhaps there's controversy around that score, but it's done Not now. perhaps. There is controversy and they've, <laughs> they were dudded. But, yeah. But, let, so, but history I mean, will always show. They the season winless and, and that's not really an accurate description of what Really and they also had that close game against the Hawks as well. And they weren't oh, too far. Oh, God, why did you have to bring that up? <laughs> <laughs> See, that one to me hurt more, I feel. Yeah. They were they were much more in control of that game, I felt. But um but look, you know, they've hit they hit Geelong in round ten, who Geelong have flying this year. And yeah. they've really, you know, they barring round nine, but they were coming through was I think six wins in a row or something, five wins in a row. Like Geelong were—they've really come strong, and um, you know pu- they were pushing for a top four spot. So they just hit a team in form who's who's spent the last couple of years getting beaten, getting beaten, not being able to score goals, and really working with their young players because they're still a fairly young team as Geelong. So Swans are just three years behind what Geelong are doing, perhaps. So you know, in three years' yeah. time, we could see Swans. Um, and Getting you know, I 15, think, 12, 102. I think they've got some good players in the forward line, some good players in the back line. I think probably their challenge will be their inside midfielders. They're just still, if you look at the stats, and you know, every week we talk about blah blah, you know, he's got 30 possessions, or blah blah is 27, or blah, you know, like always the midfields are getting high 20s, or in some cases, low 30s. And our midfielders at Swans are lucky or. Not very often, it's not luck. It's not very often getting high teens as their disposal numbers. And, and you know, that's just, it's not enough at this level. And it's not enough in a game to be able to have an impact and control it because you need to control through those stoppages and clearances to get the ball going forward. And, and I think that's probably where the recruiters will look to get some real experience through the inside midfield. And, you know, they made an offer to Ali Blackburn, maybe go again. And say, hey, you've had another chance to run out of Bulldogs. Maybe now consider coming across the border. Chat with the other ones that came across this year and see if they're loving it. And I think, you know, if you talk to Brooke Lachlan or Sarah Dargan or um, even Sophia Hurley, they've all loved coming across the border. So it doesn't need to be so foreign. Yeah, It's great sunshine, a little bit of rain, but real good beaches. And good we beaches. do great coffee up here. So yeah. Consider it. It's Put your hands up, come across, you know. And look, Charlie, Charlie Rowbottom, feel free to come and stay with your brother or let your brother come and stay with you. <laughs> come to Sydney, <laughs> Charlie. No, but, you know, I just think Swans need some real strong inside midfielders. Next year, Montana, will she's finishing school this year, so she'll come to Sydney and she'll be there every week and every training because, you know, currently she's only coming to Sydney once a week because the other week they're down in Melbourne. So um, yeah. so that'll make a bit of a difference for her because she's a good player. But, yeah, I just think they just need to bolster that midfield a little bit. So um, I don't I don't really think they need to change too much at either end of the field. I think yeah. they've got well, talent. They've got good, some good tools and the tools they can flick around. I like that too. 
And look, in about 18 years, there'll be another small midfield midfielder ready for draft, I think, won't there? <laughs> well, potentially. I will one, order. One uh, Isla Rose Rawlings. Um, Rawling. 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 Sorry. Yes. Rawling, uh, is uh, Kiwi's new granddaughter. Yes, I have a granddaughter and she's very small and potentially or per, per, actually, no, I'll confess, one of the first things I said to her mum was, how tall, how, what, what size is she? 44 centimetres. Oh, inside midfielder. There you go. <laughs> and, Remember, you um, get here first. They are a soccer family, so I don't know if they think I was talking about midfield for soccer, but wait till they see her new Swans membership. <laughs> That's That's it. Right. Just you got to indoctrinate them. Do it by style. I did. I've already enough. sung the theme song to her, so we are <laughs> on our way there. And I've um, asked if she's left-footed or right-footed, and even her mum has said. So I've obviously brought up my daughter. Well, both feet. Uh, she yes, yeah, she said, "Mum, we don't have a preferred foot." <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So you might remember I mentioned um, we we're at a baby shower last weekend. <laughs> yep. This baby's baby arrived, so nice. Uh, she's in a hurry. To, little Isla has come a little bit early, so she the world um, and um, well, she got here for round ten. She got here for round Finals. ten. Nicely done. This is Alicia Newman, and you're listening to the Co-Hanger. All right, let's talk uh, quickly about the tribunal bans and reprimands. So yes, as I said, Tess Cattle uh, on debut. Has now has she been fined? Yes, yes. four hundred bucks, isn't? Yeah, oh, first offence. Now, who else? We we had look. Uh, was there anything from the Friday night game? Because as I said, it was it was vicious and it was on from on like Donkey Kong from the first siren, the, well not the first siren, you know the first ball up. Um, so I'd be surprised if there weren't some. Um, Referrals from that, Carlton, um, and you're Carlton talking about Bulldogs. yes, the, the Carlton Bulldogs game, not yeah, the yeah. other one, because there's two games. Um, no. no, but I think sometimes if you bash as hard as you get bash, does it make it even? So no one gets ripped. No, I'm, maybe. I'm no, I do no, not I advocate it, for violence. I, but I there's nothing. The, they cancel each other out. Yeah, yeah there was the nothing. Umpires lost track. Like there was, was nothing for that game. Yeah, no, there All was right, nothing for that so game. Let's go. What have we got though? Because this is well, going to impact next season. Well, yeah. Well, yes, it will because, well, the only ones in the finals really was Taylor Harris and Shelley Heath, um, Melbourne players, but they copped fines. So they're good to play next week. Um, Cynthia Hamilton, well done. She, um, rising star and copped a fine. <laughs> I, I'm not saying well done for the fine, just it's, getting a name. It's and balance. We it's want she balance. Had a, she went out with a bang. <laughs> yes. Went out with a bang. Um, however, the Essendon Port Adelaide game, there are three three um, penalties come out of that game. Yeah. And so one of them is an Essendon player, Lily Rose Williamson. So she's copped a fine over a bit of rough conduct on Maria Maloney. But then Sasha Syme from Port Adelaide, she has copped a one-match ban for some rough conduct on Jackie Voigt. Maria Maloney has then followed up in the fourth quarter and she has done some rough contact against Lily Rose Williamson. So I don't know if that carried on throughout the game and she's come back in. But I think um, we can assume it did. 
But yeah, but hers is a tackle. And actually, if you watch the video, I don't think it was malice in it. I think it's just some poor landing. Okay. Um, and the player got taken off. So that was late in the game in the fourth quarter. So she's copped two matches for that. Mm-hmm. So because their season's ended, that will carry over into next year. Um, supposedly they get resigned as well. But yeah, I would right. assume. I wonder if Port will appeal them then, particularly the two week one. Well, you might um, as well because, you know, out of no, a possible I 10 think... rounds, only eight rounds available to you. It's- it's got a huge impact. Yeah, so. no, I think there's something around the way the types of fines. There's some you can appeal and some you can't. So both okay. of those, they can't appeal them. Right. Um, and then on the Sunday in the Gold Coast uh, Giants game, um, Wallace Randall, she's copped a fine for a bit of rough conduct on Mo- Brody Mowbray. Nick Barr has copped a fine and Tess Kettle has made her impact debut and um, <laughs> copped a fine. So hers, Tess Kettle's for misconduct and Nick Barr is for some forceful front-on contact, which oh, um, yeah. is, look, I've seen some throughout the season and, and sort of get away with it and then there's some that just cop a fine straight out. So yeah, it's not con- It doesn't seem to be consistent, does it? Yeah. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It, yeah, it doesn't seem to be consistent. I feel for the players um, yeah. But then, you know, there's it's a whole bunch of rules that aren't really consistent either. So it's That's tough, true. but um, but they, they'll they just, yeah, obviously pay that and they're good to go round one next season. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll hold over the um, preview of finals to the fifth quarter, but uh, we're going to end it there. So- this is Scott Gowns and you're listening to the Code Hanger Footy Radio Show. Welcome to the fifth quarter where we want to discuss the finals footy that's ahead of us um, and the so-called home ground advantage. That was a point you were making, um, Kiwi, wasn't it? So we, we're going to preview the um, the matches, the finals matches, but uh, do you want to make some comments about the home ground advantages? Look, when you play finals footy, you obviously want to make finals, but when you get to finals footy, you want to have your place amongst the rankings. You get the home ground advantage, and we talk about it quite a bit. And especially in men's footy, I don't know that it's so relevant for some teams because most games are at the MCG mm. or Marvel anyway. And I don't really, I know teams like Collingwood perhaps play most of their games there, so it may feel like it's a home game. But to me, the way FLW is. You're out in your community, you're at your club, you've got your fans that are growing up around that club who you support the men at the club. And, you know, there's particular ways you go about owning that, you know, home ground. And I think we've seen it with, you know, the likes of Melbourne Demons playing out at Casey Fields. They've they've won, I think it's something like 95% of their games out there. You know, it's, Mm. it's, you know, they know the wins, they know the conditions, they can be rough. Um, the crowd, no, you can drive up to the gate pretty much and just walk in a little bit. And, you know, it's a great facility in that regard. It's a long way out of Melbourne, despite that, but they've got a good fan base. You know, regulars that are used to coming to the games, they know how to play the conditions. They've come from behind and won games. It's definitely a home ground advantage. Hmm. So when we look at finals this week, I just thought it was pretty curious that our top two teams, <laughs> Melbourne and Brisbane, Melbourne get to play their first game of the of the um, finals at Icon Park, 
which I think they've only played maybe two or three games in their lifetime there. So hardly yeah, right. home game advantage. And um, Brisbane Lions, their game is at Metron Stadium, which is Gold Coast's home ground. So And will hold some devastating memories for them. <laughs> Potential, <laughs> obviously, the trauma from season final. one where they lost the grand final. Um, they, have played, they have played a home game there earlier this season, but still – you know, I just it's it's great for the fans, great for the crowds because obviously they both stadiums hold a lot more. But yeah, I just kind of feel like it's rough because I don't get to play at home. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, what do you weigh up? Do you weigh up having more numbers, crowd numbers, which obviously AFL if they're running this as a business, great, sell more tickets, put more people in. Nobody wants to go out to KFC. <laughs> <laughs> rough, Nikki Clear will. Nikki Claire will. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, a, it's a bit far from the centre of Melbourne, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, it's. I think they have done it just to get more fans yeah, to the ground. It's quite central. It's easy to get to public transport. And I wonder if it's also tied in with maybe the broadcasters as well and yeah. you know, maybe I where know, they want to. I know a lot of people have said Casey Fields doesn't have the lighting for a night game. We've been there at a night game, so it must have had the lighting. Yeah. Um, the flip side of that is I have seen this happen at St Kilda's home field, at Punt Road, which is Richmond's home field, Richmond's home field, and even at Icon. Um, the AFL probably have a thing. They've probably got a one of those clip cards. You hire six times, you get one free. But they hire <laughs> those big cranes with the lights on them, and they yeah. have them. And if you go to Richmond, this is the funniest thing. They, they have four of those cranes all on one side of the field. So obviously that's the side the, that the cameras are on because um, the other side of the field, if you're if you're just coming to turn up front road and watch from the fan side, is a bit of, there's a bit of a shadow there. But anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, so hire cranes for Casey. Hmm. Um, you know, Brisbane, they've moved around. They've got a whole bunch of home fields. So um, until their actual one's still getting renovated, so they're not quite ready to move in. But... Yeah, I just think, you know, whereas um, lower on the ladder, but in the top eight, but not the top four, Geelong get to play at their stadium. Yep. So obviously, you know, home ground advantage. They play their bunch. They've had quite a lot of success. And then Collingwood get to play at Victoria Park, which a lot of history. They've had some good results. And, um, you know, they train there pretty regularly now. I think each time they have a home game, they'll pop down there and train as well. So um, so they know that field, you know, they, mm. they know those change rooms. Um, the VFLW team are based here. So, you know, it's – it just – I don't know. Just I just feel funny about what what did you earn with home ground advantage? I know Having top four get the second them. life, yeah. but they don't get the home grounds. And, yeah. Um, well, interesting. looking at that, so Melbourne versus Crows. First up on Friday it's night. It's going to be a ripcracker of a match, isn't it? Look, it will be. I um, I don't know. I kind of feel like Melbourne are playing the the better football of the two teams. Mm. I think. I think it's almost like um, Crows have not been as clean this season, but they've done enough to get the wins. Yeah, they've kind of um, they haven't really stumbled over the line. Like they've worked their way back into games, but mm. they just haven't been 
the dominant force throughout the game as we've seen in previous seasons. Yeah. So I, to me, I just think Dee's just got a little bit more real polished talent right now, and I think they'll take the win. Yep. Oh, I, I agree, and I think the Dees feel that perhaps there's a bit of unfinished business, that um, it's, sure. you know, that they, I mean, look, all teams get to find us, they all want to win, but I think there's something there that um, the Demons just, you know, I think they kind of feel that they've, they've got to do it this year. Um, so, yeah, I guess I, I think they'll have the win over the Crows, but uh, the Crows, they've... Uh, They've pulled out the wins when they've needed to this year. Mm. So I don't, I don't think it'll be an easy game. No. Who are you picking, Fee? Oh, I think I'm, I think, well, I'm picking Melbourne, but I'm tipping with my heart. I really want them to win. So, um, you know, oh. that might just be the kiss of death. And if so, I apologise. <laughs> Nikki Claire especially. Don't come for me. Well, let's move on to Saturday. Uh, remember, remember, the 5th of November. The Lions versus Richmond. Um, well, I think the Lions will get it. What do you reckon? I reckon the Lions in their home state, not their home <laughs> ground, home state. I know that Richmond's the only team they've lost to, but uh, ah, I, the Lions see, I had quite forgotten again. that. So I think the Lions will have a, I think they'll have a comfortable win. Kiwi? Yeah, so I think, I think the same. I think, um, I think Tigers did a really good job on the Lions, and I reckon Lions will go back really dirty on that because they're very, uh, they're they're very proud. They've got the pride. Got a hope. They've got yes. pride. That's, pride yes. of Lions. Pride of the Lions <laughs> was very much dented in their trip down to Punt Road, mm. and um, I reckon they'll get the metal on uh, the Tigers. But I reckon that'll just fire the Tigers up for because they get the second chance. So the next week, I would be looking. I think the Tigers will still be strong. So yeah, I'd tip the Lions. And also November the fifth is also Perry Hucker Day, which is um, hmm. in New Zealand. It should be Perry Hucker Day. But Jess Wardlaw is a former New Zealander, so plays for the Lions. So perhaps you know a bit of extra mana on the field. A former New Zealander, did you say? Yeah, well, she's born there. She's got some great Kiwi tattoos. I thought, you, I thought that I didn't think that you ever stopped being a New Zealander. It's certainly the way it's. Oh, okay. Anyway. Sorry, as in, as in, she's over here now playing. Aussie right. Rules, <laughs> okay. Very much Kiwi at heart. Yeah. Um. And so, also on the fifth of November, um, seven p seven ten p.m. Cats versus North. Oh, look, I don't know, actually. I think I'm going to go for the home ground advantage and say Geelong. I'm going to go for North. I think they've, I feel like they've got a little bit more experience, particularly in finals. And, uh, and they're hungry I, too. I think that might get them across, but I think this might be one of our closer games. Actually, I think that the bottom two games are potentially going to be the closer ones. Yeah, uh, we can't have a draw, but um, I'm tipping Geelong to race out to a two-goal head start and North to come back and the experience to get them over the line and hold the game. Right. Okay. What is the contingency for, for draws in um, finals? Extra time. 
Okay, right. Uh, and just then... keep playing till someone. No, I'm just joking. That was how the original, <laughs> the original, original rules in um, what is it, 1896? They just kept playing till somebody scored, which could take two days. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to 2022. And so your Sunday afternoon pleasure is uh, at Vic Park, Collingwood versus Bulldogs. Oh, I'm going to go for Collingwood. You're going to go for Collingwood? Or are you tipping them? I'm tipping. I them. can't imagine you'll be going for them and supporting them. <laughs> Obviously, I'll be going for them and tipping them, though. Kiwi. Yeah. Well, this is this is a tricky. This is another very very close game. Um, Bulldogs are playing some good football, but do the Pies have it? There's no one on who is reprimanded. I think everyone is. Um, Everyone's available, no injuries or anything. Um, yeah, I'll, go, I'll go the pies by a very close margin. The pies just get it over the line. So we've only tipped one um, game different. So, um, yeah. That'll be interesting at the end of it. Yeah, so we're pretty much in agreement. Okay, well... Um, I think we're all done, all sorted, and uh, Loz is about to choke on the water or something. Was she choking on the water or choking because you said you were going to support the pies? <laughs> call what, better call them That's me. what set her off. <laughs> something not quite right. Well, folks, right. put up your uh, Henson Park picnic blankets and have a rest and sit at home and watch the games, unless you're in Victoria or Queensland. Um, yeah, Victoria, get three games. Queensland out in the sunny Gold Coast, get the one. This has been the round 10 show of the Coat Hanger for AFLW Season 7. We'll be coming to you every week during finals of the AFLW Season 7 on 2SER 107.3. Don't forget to catch the full version of this show in our podcast with extra content in the fifth quarter wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to catch us on our socials. We are at Coat Hanger Footy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And as always, for the best harbour views in women's footy, tune in to The Coat Hanger. And happy birthday, Cora. <laughs> She's going to come up to you. Oh, I was, was going to say, come get me, come get me. Actually, she would get me. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>